Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live from Smitty1.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, good people? You are watching the Fantasy Football Show. I'm your man, Smitty, and we're breaking down all the stuff you see on your screen here. Specifically, Kenneth Walker versus Brees Hall. Are we missing the boat here? Are we ranking Brees Hall number one just by default because everybody says he's the number one uh, because so many people do doubt Walker more so than they do doubt Brees Hall? Who was Smitty's number one running back all offseason long? It was Kenneth Walker. Um, I did rank Brees Hall higher because of the perceived value that teams put on Hall over Walker, given that the landing spot was probably going to indicate uh, that that uh, Hall was going to get more volume potentially, that Hall would be the first running back taken off the board on draft day, that Hall had such a good combine most NFL scouts and teams viewed Hall better. But does that matter? Does that matter? Should we be going off of the pre-draft ranking that your boy Smitty had? Should we be looking at Seattle as a much better landing spot? Every time we, we glance at this thing and we look at the fact that they've improved the offensive line, they may still bring in a Baker-Baker letter maker, and that will improve things significantly for the run. Not necessarily for DK talking Russell Wilson versus downgrade to Baker, but Russell Wilson's gone. That's yesterday's news. We're looking at DK with Geno, DK with no quarterback. We're looking at DK Metcalf needing Baker to get yet another you know bump and lift in fantasy football value. So I think DK from Baker is the best scenario right now that we can you know come up with. Malik Willis shouldn't have been passed on by the Seahawks. They dropped the ball there, but they did improve the offensive line. And I think there's a case to be made, a greater case than, than, than's being brought up in fantasy football circles right now, that Walker could be the better prospect than Brees Hall. I like Brees Hall a ton. I do. And, and even in the context of me liking Walker better all offseason long, and I, I didn't waver, all offseason long, talent-wise, Walker was my number one. But I would tell you, draft him in the third or fourth round pre-NFL draft because we had no idea where Walker was going to land. We we figured Brees Hall would probably land because his draft capital would be higher, probably land in the more secure long-term spot, at least, you know, if you had to predict and try to not, like, overreach on Walker till we knew where Walker landed. So you, you got to think to yourself, like, do, are we letting the Hall hype the Brees Hall hype, which is valid, it's warranted. The guy's a top five to ten running back in fantasy football, especially dynasty um, redraft. There's some concern that maybe maybe Michael Carter eats into his workload a little more than we all want to admit. That's possible. That's possible. But dynasty wise, Brees Hall is going to be a machine. 
But does that mean that Kenneth Walker isn't also going to be a machine? And is Kenneth Walker in a better setup and position to get more work in year one than Brees Hall? Could Michael Carter carve out more of a role than Penny? Or is Penny just as big of a threat or more? It's a debate worth having. Nobody's right or wrong. We're trying to be predictive with this thing. Rashad Penny's on a one-year deal, so it isn't crazy to imagine that the team would either A, want to run uh, the, the mileage up on him and, and, and break him versus breaking Walker, but it's also very understandable to say they've got very little invested in him. They just want to get the ball rolling with Walker. You could argue either one of those stances, and there's nobody that knows whether the stance is uh, correct or not, whatever stance you take. Um, this, this, Dehuzu says this, and I had to bring it up. Penny is proven. Not, not really, not really. Penny's had a lot of time to prove it. He did very, very well last year. Like, I don't think people understand how well Penny did last year. Michael Carter did well as, as well though, Dehuzu's. They both did well last year. Carter didn't have the, the amount of success Penny had because he wasn't given the exact volume, but Penny... Penny, Penny and, uh, oh, I put the same comment up, Penny and Penny. Um, Carter is not, Carter is no threat. A lot of people saying Carter's no threat. He's a threat. He's a threat. He's a, a threat to, to hold back his rookie year. But I agree, like, in the end, I'm not letting, I'm not worried about extra mileage if I think I can win now. The Broncos thought that way, and that was acceptable. That was uh, understandable. The Broncos had nothing to play for last year. Why run the miles up on Javante Williams when you weren't playing for anything? Um, If the Jets fall out of it early, I could see them potentially looking at the same game plan. Let's dial back Brees Hall a little bit. Let's come in in 2023 hot, and let's, let's fire it up. But I think the Jets have something to prove. I think the Jets will be relevant all year. I don't know that they'll be a a deep playoff contending team or even make the playoffs, especially in this conference. I don't. I I, I think they missed the playoffs. I'm not blind uh, or delusional for year one of this massive rebuild that looks fantastic for the New York Football Jets. And yes, they are the New York Football Jets. I'm sorry, Giants, but they've taken it. It's New York Football Jets. This is the team. This is the New York team for the next decade and a half. It's the New York football Jets. They're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. But I'm not delusional to think that it's going to happen in in year one. It may not. It may not. So could I see a world? Can I I envision a world where Hall is dialed back in the second half of the year just a little bit and they give a little work to Carter? Sure, I can see it. It doesn't mean it'll happen. I think the Jets could stay relevant all the way up to the end of the season. I really do. I think they could win games, stay in. I think this... This wild card race for the three spots in the AFC and in the NFC, both conferences, the wild card spots are going to be up for grabs until the bitter end. There'll be so many teams competing for these three wild card spots. The division winners all lock into the playoffs. Then you have both conferences, NFC, AFC, three spots. And there'll be multiple teams fighting for each one of those spots. There'll be several double-digit team wins. Uh, double-digit win teams that don't make the playoffs in 2020 on both sides of the fence. It's going to be insane. It's going to be insane. The question is, is Penny more proven? No, Jesus. No. that You've got one year of Penny. That's not proven. You can't use the word proven and, and, and less than a year when you're talking about a running back potentially taking work from 
uh, a guy drafted to be the starter, a workhorse, uh, a monster being drafted in, in Kenneth Walker. Penny's not proven. Penny did really, really well. If anything, Penny's proven is he can't be relied upon over the course of his career. Penny's never been able to stay healthy, De Jesus. He's proven nothing in terms of longevity. He's proven he's very talented, but there's no proven angle here at all for Penny being the starter or taking over a boatload of work. If anything, Michael Carter, because he's younger and hasn't failed, I feel like is a bigger worry to me than actually Penny. Um, Penny will get hurt probably right away. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even... I'm not even concerned about Penny. I'm a little concerned about Carter, but I'm not I'm not concerned about Penny. Uh yeah, Penny's on a one-year deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's a one-year deal. Um so cast your vote. Let's let's count up the votes. I'm going to put all the Michael Carter or Michael Carter, all the Brees Hall votes here, all the Kenneth Walker votes here. Who's going to be better in general? You know, you can incorporate right out of the gate. But in general, who's going to have the better fantasy football career? Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall? Drop your vote. We'll drag them all over the screen and see what's up. Penny is running back one, says Mike Jones. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, Mike Jones. Come on. Okay, so we got one hope, one vote for Hall. We got one vote for Walker. Let's get Mike Jones out of here. Um, Hall, maybe Jones is joking. One vote for Hall. One vote for Brees Hall. Michael says Brees Hall. Kenneth Walker says Jeb. I like both. We won't count your vote. Well, you said probably Hall. Brees Hall. Vote Walker. Uh, the question was overall, so we'll put your vote over here. Walker. Brees Hall. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Ezekiel says, acknowledge my presence, Smitty, I'm here. There you go, Ezekiel, your time to shine. Silver Rapture says, Brees Hall. Joel says, Brees Hall. Tanner said, Walker. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we got, we got a lot. We got a lot of votes. Major- I would say probably 70% all Hall, uh, Brees Hall, and that's to be expected. I expe- I fully expected that. Um, Tariq says, Walker. Kenny could be the next Sean Alexander, says Kevin. We've got a couple Walker votes coming in here. Uh, Bessel says Brees Hall. What's up, Bessel? There you have it. Little, little debate. Little debate on our hands here. Um, Sacktown says Walker with a yawning emoji. Like, what? what's that even mean, Sacktown? Are you, it's not even a competition. You're so bored by the question. I'm not. I'm not following, but uh, Sacktown says easily Walker. Apparently, by that, I, I like it. Sacktown, Ronaldo says Walker. 
Walker and Dynasty. Silver likes both. Silver's in the building. Silver Rapture. I'm in there, big dog. You know I'm in there. There's two big dogs standing side by side. That's a Rottweiler and Pit Bull. You know we're about to get it. Silver Rapture in the building. Silver, appreciate you being here. He likes both. He likes both. Hoovy says Walker. Seattle's a great landing spot. Surprised you hated it out the yeah. Out the gate, I wasn't I wasn't huge on but they, they improved the offensive line, you know, in the draft, obviously. I did absorb that. And and the honest truth is I think I was so upset over him not going to the two or three landing spots that I pinpointed. And the fact that Seattle is kind of blowing things up when they didn't need to. My, my, I mean, but by the end of the same live stream, I was on board. It was just a moment of of a pause for me. I just wanted to, I wanted to approach it properly. I didn't want to just say he's Walker. I love him. No matter where he goes, I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna be objective about it. He's a, he's a stud. But the more I break it down, the more I actually really like this situation for him. There's an argument to be made that he's gonna be leaned on more than Brees Hall will be. Therefore, he's going to produce better numbers. There's, there's, there's examples like, you know, I, I hope he doesn't get overworked and, and has low yards per carry like Najee Harris. But look at Najee Harris was in a very hampered offense. It was very confined. He's put in a box and averaging roughly 4.0 yards per carry, getting enough volume to get it done, but having to do a ton of work, doing a little or doing a lot with a little. But doing, but doing very little in terms of what he was given. He just had to do a massive amount of it, which is great because you know he's going to get a lot of work, a lot of PPR work, a lot of receptions. Um, touchdown opportunities were still there for him. But but make no mistake about it, Najee Harris would explode if he was given an opportunity where he could be three po- you know 4.5 yards per carry instead of 3.9. You know, you'd see Najee Harris's numbers through the roof. Uh, Poster Boy says is he a three down back? Of course he's a three down back. I wouldn't think a guy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be touting either Brees Hall or Walker if I thought there were a two down back. These these are top five to six running backs in fantasy football. Absolutely, Poster Boy. Absolutely. Don't listen to the the people that say, according to this stat sheet, Smitty Walker wasn't throwing the football. How is that my problem? How is that our problem? What does it matter if a team in college threw the ball to him enough? Zeke Elliott proved that you need to go to the combine and the pro days and the workouts to to learn on your own if a player is PPR capable. College systems aren't the same as the NFL. NFL, basically, aside from Henry, there are very few running backs in the top like 12 to 15 overall that aren't PPR monsters or potential capable monsters if they're used properly. Um... It's 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 now you are a PPR guy. You are a three down back at the NFL level. There's there's no real one two down back guys. There's committees of guys, but pretty much everybody's pulling in footballs now. You come out fully versed in catching the football because everyone's learning the game at a younger age. They're refining all their skills. You rarely find a running back that can't catch the ball. You know, there's pass protection issues because if you weren't asked to pass protection, you, you got to learn that. Um, at the next level, but that's doable Smart for a smart guy, for a smart player like Rashad White. He'll pick up whatever he needs to pick up. But absolutely, Kenneth Walker could be a 60-70 reception running back at the NFL level. 
Brees Hall could be a 60-70 reception running back at the NFL level. I have no doubt about that at all. Wouldn't shock me if Kenneth Walker caught 40-plus passes as a rookie. And I watched his pro, his combine performances. He's fine. He's fine. He catches the football just, just fine. Antonio Gibson, kind of a first down and second down. But is he? G-Money? Is, is Gibson even a starter? Like, you're throwing this out here like he's getting guaranteed first and second down work. He's not. And that's our next topic right here. Is is, in, is Antonio Gibson a trap? And I, I say, yeah. I say at this point, I don't even go near him. I don't even agree with this comment, G-Money. I don't think we can trust Antonio Gibson as the first and second down back. I just don't. Thank you, Poster Boy. Appreciate you. I just don't trust... I don't trust uh I don't trust Gibby at all. I think in fact if you have Gibby it may seem like you're selling low but when this when this market for Gibby crashes completely, you're going to wish you got rid of him right now. If you own Antonio Gibson, trade him immediately. Trade him immediately. There is no longevity with Antonio Gibson. There's no way he can get out of this uh, alive, in my opinion, because even if he produces, he's got Robinson, the rookie now. He's got Brian Robinson sitting in front, uh, not in front of him, but alongside of him. And right here, this comment from the commander's head coach, Ron Riviera, he likened Gibson and Brian Robinson to the Carolina Panther backfield of D'Angelo Williams and and Cordell and Jonathan Stewart. And if you weren't alive, or if you're crapping in your diaper when this when this was occurring here, this was uh, this was many years ago. But D'Angelo Williams and Stewart were a good one-two punch. Gibson and Robinson are not that. Gibson has is going to have a tough time staying healthy. He's in a running back by committee times four. You've got Jarrett Patterson. You've got McKissick, who was supposed to leave but stayed, and now you got Robinson. You've got four running backs instead of two. Like, we didn't really worry about Jared Patterson last year. We didn't worry about that at all. We we just had to worry about McKissick. Now you have Jared Patterson, McKissick, Brian Robinson, and Antonio Gibson. And literally, last year, Gibson would, would save you with a touchdown and give you yet one more week to trade him away. He'd give you a lifeline. Like, hey, I'm going to score a touchdown for you, save my, save my season, or save my week, and that way give you another opportunity to trade me. Then he gets 30, 40 yards. And you don't trade him. Then Gibson scores another touchdown. I'm giving you an opportunity to trade me. And you didn't trade him. Don't own Gibson. Don't own Gibson. Get rid of him. How do I get rid of him, Smitty? Trade him for the number two or three pick and give up a future first rounder. You can get crafty. People like running backs. For some reason, people will acquire running backs. Hit the like button on your way in the door. Subscribe if you're new. Too many of you watch without hitting that subscribe button, and it helps me. It helps the channel. There's no need you could go searching for the channel each time when you can hit the subscribe button. So, punch it. Hit that subscribe button if you're new, and wipe your feet at the door. Wipe your feet, too. No reason you can't hit that subscribe button and pitch your tent here at the Fantasy Football Show with your host Smitty because I'm here to serve I work for you when you subscribe I work for you wipe your feet get rid of Gibby hey Smitty but Smitty nobody wants him get to work on it 
but Smitty, I've tried to get rid of him. Have you? Have you gone across position? Have you gone after another? Have you created a list of, of wide receivers? Because you might have to go across position on this one. Have you created a list of wide receivers that have question marks? Like DK and like Waddle. And then if they don't feel that's a fair swap. And it's a pretty good swap in today's climate. The value for Gibby, even with all of us doubting him, is easily near DK and Waddle. In fact, Gibson's probably getting drafted over DK and Waddle in every single startup I'm going to see in the next 10, 10 times I look at one. So you should be able to do that. You should be able to swap them immediately. Immediately. And if you can't give up a second rounder, get Waddle or get DK, get into a doubted vehicle in the wide receiver game, give up a second rounder if you've got to make it get it done, but get out of Antonio Gibson. It is a trap. It is a trap. And that's also right here. Gibson is stuck in a true running back by committee. True statement. Man, I ate a lot of that uh, chicken sandwich and fries. I feel like uh, all the screaming and yelling is bringing it back up. Silver, you all been here for a minute? I remember most of you. So, Silver. Silver Rapture. I'm in there, big dog. You know I'm in there. Just two big dogs standing side by side. That's a Rottweiler and pit bull. You know we're about to get it. Get it. Get it, boy. Get it. Let's hit the voicemails. Let's hit the voicemails. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. This is from Tariq. This is my third question of the day. Uh, with Alvin Kamara's uh, court date or court hearing being pushed to August, uh, what's his fantasy outlook going to be going to 2022? you think he's going to start on the commission exempt list, or do you think he's going to be straight up suspended, or will he have an opportunity to play any games before being potentially suspended? Thanks, pal. I want you guys to remind me to put the, the person at hand on the screen and yell at me if I don't. Kamara Murma. Kamarama. Kamarama. <laughs> That's how you say it. This whole time we've been saying Kamara or Kamara. It's Kamarama. Kamara. Remind me to put the name on screen, please. Yell at me if I don't. Question by Tariq. Great question, by the way, good buddy. Tariq says, hey, Smitty. Where do I draft Kamara? Do I worry about Kamarama? I say he's out for... I mean, man... Uh, let me add this real quick. I'd say Kamara's out for minimum of six games. Minimum of six games. But that's my guess. I don't know. The NFL could say, honestly, we'll wait until next season. We we don't really know. I will say that if they do do that, people that draft Kamara in round two will get an absolute monster steal. Like, you can win your league drafting Kamara in round two. My advice is if you do a ton of leagues and you can afford to just swing and miss, take Kamara in round two in one league. Not in a lot of them, because what if he gets suspended half a season? And then he comes back and gets hurt. Um, but in one league, one league, you've got to draft Alvin Kamara in round two 
Because even if even if he misses four games, let's say, he can still earn you second round value. Like that could pay for itself. That could be a, an even Steven value proposition for for you. The cost of entry could be right at second, you know, mid second round, late second round value. So in one league, do it. Grab Alvin Kamara. But I do predict he does get um, four to six to eight games, somewhere in that range. Four to eight games. Because, like, this isn't like, uh, like, look at the Dalvin Cook situation. He said, she said, no evidence. Witness said this, witness said that. We haven't heard a single update on that one. And that may never come back. We may never hear about the, Al- the, the, Deon- uh, the Dalvin Cook domestic potential domestic uh, disturbance thing that, that occurred last season that we thought could have took him off the field. We thought, oh my God, his season's over. NFL didn't do anything about it. I'm not saying the NFL doesn't do things. They sometimes overreact. So let's not pretend like the NFL lets everything go or that they 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 take care of everything to an extreme degree. They're sometimes somewhere in the middle and they're sometimes unpredictable with it. But Alvin Kamara, I mean, there's video footage reported video footage and maybe the report's wrong too like we haven't actually seen the footage so we got to keep that in mind but there's report multiple sources reporting that video surveillance from the elevator shows and proves the 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 victim who is beaten by Alvin Kamara and a couple of his friends beaten by all three of them including Kamara and the report and we don't know if it's confirmed other than people are reporting on it that when the guy the guy tried to get into the elevator after some kind of verbal confrontation, Alvin Kamara reportedly, I don't know for a fact because I haven't seen it, but this is what's being reported by multiple sources. It could be reported wrong and then and then it lingers and, and people keep passing it around and it could be I don't we don't know what's completely true. The man walked into the elevator after an altercation. Kamara put his hand on him and tried to keep him from entering the elevator man slapped down his arm uh jose dropping a super appreciate that jose man slaps alvin Kamara's arm down I-, I would do the same thing someone put their hands on me and tried to physically remove me from the elevator i'm gonna slap their hand off my chest i don't think he assaulted alvin Kamara. as soon as he slapped alvin Kamara's hand down dude's Alvin Kamara's buddies just jumped him. And as the guy went down, reportedly looked unconscious on video, several kicks, one of them reportedly coming from Alvin Kamara while the guy was laying there motionless. That's not a good look. That is not he said, she said. He was arrested. He was arrested. This was not, hey, accusation being made. He said... He said, or he said, she said, like the, the, the Dalvin Cook situation. He was arrested. If you think the NFL is not going to come down on Alvin Kamara, people forget he was, he was arrested. He was, he didn't just get accused and go into court. He was arrested. The NFL does not allow you to get arrested and you walk away unscathed. It's just not the way it works in the NFL. So if anybody thinks Alvin Kamara is going to slip past and not have anything happen, they're crazy. They're crazy. He was arrested. Being in bad light, even if it, it gets thrown out somehow 
and the police don't pursue it because the video footage like uh was was uh the uh, the custody of the videotape was was mishandled the NFL is going to say you got arrested bro you got arrested you're going to serve a suspension but he's worth i don't know a second rounder in one league in one league but don't dare draft him in round 1 Kenny Smitty, I got one for the marker board. Is there any way you can rank the second-year quarterbacks for Dynasty? Um, yeah. Second-year QBs. Second-year QBs. Let's go. Innocent until proven guilty. Joel, that's not what we're arguing, Joel. There, there's video footage of him, him and his buddies beating a guy. Number number one, so innocent till proven guilty, Joel. You are correct. No criminal situation should ever unfold without that going the distance. But we're talking about the NFL, very very different video footage. He was arrested. That's all the NFL needs to take action. You might be arguing right and wrong or order of of things to unfold in the real world, and I agree with you, Joel. And I think everybody in here is gonna say damn i hope i live in a world where you're actually innocent until you're proven guilty if you're proven guilty then action can be taken no matter what the accusation is i mean what if the video was fabricated right joel and they go to court and they prove that and then everyone's like oh my god i can't believe it like anything could happen joel so you are 1000 percent correct but we're talking fantasy football here on this show joel and the nfl doesn't need that you're not in, you're not innocent until proven guilty joel they can put you in timeout when you're arrested, they can put you in timeout when you've broken the personal conduct policy and you can break the personal conduct policy, Joel, by not actually taking it the distance in court. And then court can just, you know, pile on the punishment when that, if that does get handed down to uh, discipline, understand what you're saying. I get where you're coming from, but not in, in the NFL. Um, okay. Second year quarterbacks. Lance tear break. Why, Smitty? Because Trey Lance has the best situation we've ever seen a sophomore or if he walked into it last year, a rookie quarterback has ever looked at. He's got he's got Debo. He's got Mitchell. He's got Kittle. He's got Ayuk. He's got Danny Gray now, who's going to be a monster. This guy's offense is through the roof. He's also got a top, easily 10 defense, but we'll call it 6-10 to 10 defense. There's no better situation for a quarterback that is walking into a new situation for him starting than Trey. Like, there's no, there's no situation. You can't even go back like Andrew Luck, Mahomes, like... This is that level. There's, It's comparably or arguably the best situation a sophomore quarterback has ever been handed. So there you go. Um, I I think if I had to to rank the, remain, the remaining quarterbacks from the, the sophomore, the now sophomore class, now that we have the rookie class 
already uh, drafted and, and on rosters. If we're looking at the sophomore class, you got to think that Zach Wilson's going to be in the mix here for having the best season for his sophomore year only. We'll, I'll, I'll touch on long-term as well. Um, Lawrence should do okay. Um, Fields should do okay. Mills might be third. So if we go Zach Wilson, who I think takes a huge leap, you've got Mills, Fields, and Lawrence, and the Law Dog, all right there. Um, I don't think I'm missing anybody, no. That, that's how I'd rank it, but this is fantasy top 6 to 10 capable. This right here is like 10 to 14 capable. Like, I, I don't think Wilson's going to be... I'd actually say, let's just be safe and put 13. 13 to 14, 13 to 15. These guys aren't going to be super fantasy relevant unless we're talking super flex. Oh, Mac Jones. I'm going to put him fourth, though. Honestly. I, I just don't think there's firepower there for Mac. 13 to 14. Thank you for reminding me. I knew I was missing somebody. But it was he's forgetful. He's forgetful. I don't think he's going to be a fantasy monster whatsoever. Mac Jones, fourth. I'd even put a, almost a tear break there. I just don't see. He doesn't have the weaponry. He's not going to be used properly. Uh, uh, Bessel. Bessel dropping the super. Bessel, if you got a question attached to this, pl- please post it. Um, Lance by far. This is a top six to top six to ten fantasy football quarterback. Six to ten. Good question, Kenny. Good question, Kenny boy. I appreciate Jose super chat. I appreciate Bessel super chat. Um, by the way, guys, not to to you know, you, I I always appreciate it. Never expect super chats and all that, but man, they they help keep the lights on. Ziggy, lights off. Ziggy, studio off. Ziggy, studio off. Let's pretend the lights are off. These super chats sure help out when the lights are off. I think the lights, the lights, keep the lights off till we get another super chat, Ziggy. Um, uh, Bessel, appreciate your super chat. Also, these uh, super thanks are now here. Meaning when you watch a, a video on YouTube, you can hit the thanks button and drop a super chat like a super thanks. And I highlight your comment. I believe it plays in the video for everybody when you do a super thanks. So if someone watches a video and somebody's dropped a super thanks, uh, when anybody watches the video, it'll highlight that person's uh, super chat called a super thanks. So that's awesome that YouTube dropped that. And I can highlight the super thanks in the comments of the video. So just letting you guys know on that. No pressure. No pressure. You know. Uh, Lawrence is a bum, says Omar. Bessel says, no question. Fire show. Appreciate you, pal. I think I'm saying your name right, aren't I? Mills looks scrappy. I like Mills. I like Mills. I think people get a little carried away with Mills, but I like him. I like him. I, I mean, I got him ranked right here. I got Mills ranked right here in this sorry the lights are low we we the lights are off here at the studio <laughs> kind of like the lights off ziggy needs to take a lap i like mills 
All right, let's go to another question. This is from Tariq. Hey, Smitty, it's Tariq. How's everything going? Uh, good. What's your thoughts on Ron Rivera liking or comparing Antonio Gibson slash Brian Robinson to the former backfield of the Panthers of D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart? Is this coach talk? So we, we covered that already for sure. Good hey, question. Smitty, it's Tariq again. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Steelers not expecting to re-sign uh, Deontay Johnson after this season? Um, if he does walk away due to free agency, uh, what's the outlook of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Najee Harris going to the future? Thanks, well. So I'll say this. If he has a great year, they'll look to figure out something. You could always franchise tag him. Um, I don't believe there's anything in his contract that would prevent that. You could franchise tag him. So they'll figure something out. If he blows up, they'll want to keep him. And if he doesn't blow up, then is it that big of a deal to let him go? You know what I mean? And and are you worried about somebody overpaying? Could you get a hometown discount? Could he even return? Could he do what a Melvin Gordon did? Go out, not find any interest, and come back? I have a feeling he would. Even if he had kind of a bad year, I think people know he's talented enough that he would find a, a second chance uh, with a decent amount of pay, uh, even if he had a bad year. I think he's got enough talent and people that believe in him that he could survive a bad year and still get a decent contract because wide receivers are so hard to come uh so hard to come by in free agency periods so um but 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 i i don't think i think if pickens develop develops they won't need him they can't use all three of those wide receivers they got pat fryermuth and Najee and deontay and pickens and uh and claypool um wouldn't shock me if Claypool was the, the 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 odd man out, and they they bring Deontay back. So we're a little ways away from from that being a certainty, but it's a good question, Kenny. Hey Smitty, just wanted to touch on the Cowboys' number two wide receiver situation. I'm seeing Tolbert going ahead of Gallup, though it's close. Who do you like in that race for number two? Uh, Dallas. Let me put this on screen. Dallas wide receivers. Good question, uh, Kenny. I'd say uh, we got to see told we got to see more from from rookies like that before we can anoint them. Um, you know the number twos for their teams. I'll probably say like I'm drafting Gallup. You know, but Gallup's here's the thing: Gallup's disappointed time and time and time and time again. And I know this is kind of for his first opportunity. He feels a lot like Penny. You know what I mean? Like Penny didn't really have a full opportunity. But it was kind of his own fault at the same time. So I feel like in the end, is Gallup going to be reliable? Like, what has history told us about Gallup? Ziggy, Studio One. What has history told us? Ziggy, Studio On. What has history told us about Gallup? He fails us. So I'm not super sold on on Gallup and I think he easily could be replaced by by Tolbert or any any rising player on that roster so good question though the Bruce hey Smitty what is Baker Mayfield's dynasty value do you still believe in Baker Mayfield or should I just drop him do I still believe I don't believe in him the Bruce is loose I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. I don't believe in Baker Mayfield. But he would be a, an excellent solution, the Bruce, to the Seattle Seahawks uh, offense because it could use that kind of upgrade. I'm not saying it's great. 
I know it's a stopgap measure. He's not the future of any team, to be honest. But he's better than what Seattle has. And we know that the run game can survive with the Baker, Baker, letter maker, led offense of, uh, of attack and approach. So I want it for Walker. I do. But do I cut him? I mean, not in a super flex league, that's for sure. Uh, in a one QB league, it just depends on who your, your backup could be. Like like uh, this comment here, buy low on Davis Mills. I probably would rather have Davis Mills than, than Baker. You know, so like in that scenario, yes, I would I would definitely get rid of the man. Um, so that that's my uh, analysis on Baker. Baker, I mean, ba- Baker, Baker, I really do want Baker Mayfield traded to the Seahawks. I think it could definitely help. Uh, I almost got into an accident when I w- this title is what is this blasphemy? Austin B almost got in an accident because of the title. Is Walker better than Hall? It's a question we're posing. Austin B doesn't mean that this is how we should draft. It just means that Walker's getting overlooked as the potential top option here. And, and if you're drafting at 1.2, part of me, Austin B, part of me is like excited that I'm going to be put in a box to where I've got to take Walker because the pressure to take Hall is heavy. And I like Hall. I'm not saying Hall is not going to be a monster. I think these are both top six quarterback or running backs, bro, for the future. I think these running backs, the running back changing of the guard is happening. And there are two spots, in my opinion, that are capable of being opened up for both Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. So this is not blasphemous. This is not a knock on Brees. It's more of a, Walker needs to be brought up into his tier. We need to stop stop talking about Walker only. I'm sorry, about Hall only. And we need to start start talking about both of them is kind of my point of the title of this, bro. Uh, The Bruce, thank you. Another one from the Bruce. Another question from the Bruce. The Bruce is loose. Hey, Smitty, what is Baker Mayfield's dynasty oh. value? There's you... a question for you, Smitty. What is the fantasy value of the 49ers offense with Trey Lance in it? And what's the difference if Jimmy G's in it? I, I think the same thing we saw last year. You've got value for Debo, and you've got... Uh, Potentially value for Mitchell, but not enough room for Ayuk or Kittle. Uh, and I don't think I don't think you want to even entertain this. So let's not even talk about it, the Bruce. Uh, in fact, take a lap for bringing it up. I think I told the Bruce you never could take laps. My bad. Oh, well. Um, the Bruce, I love you, pal. But yeah, it's not going to happen. Trey Lance is here. He's going to feed Debo. He's going to feed... Uh, feed Brandon Ayuk. He's going to feed Kittle. He's going to feed Mitchell the ball, uh, hand the ball off to him and throw the ball to him. You've got Gray who could emerge as a wide receiver three. Yeah, it's it's Lance season. It's Lance time. Um, on that note, Debo Samuel refollowed the 49ers on Instagram. He also refollowed your boy RSF49ers. So Raj is now being followed again by Debo. He followed the Niners and within the hour followed Raj back. Or Raj never unfollowed him, so I shouldn't say followed Raj back. Raj never wavered. He didn't even do that old like unfollow follow trick. Like he literally just sat there and waited. And in, in, in when he unfollowed the Niners, he unfollowed Raj. When he followed the Niners, he followed Raj. So he's back on the saddle. Um, but Debo Samuel is here to stay. Um, 
dude's going to sign a, 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 a 55 to 60 million guaranteed $100 million deal four years. I, I mark it down. Your boy Smitty's telling you it's between 55 and 60 million, between 100 and 104 total million dollars on a four year deal. Maybe they mix in some weird incentives because Debo wants a little extra for all of his hard work of scrubbing social media and making a big stink of it. But I love Debo, and I don't blame him for trying to get the bag. I don't blame him for about a less than two-month period of time where he tried to negotiate into an extension, and everybody didn't have the patience to weather through two months of him trying to do this as quietly as he could at first, but then the fans attacked him, and he and he got he got into a a place where I think he started doing things that he I don't I don't want to say regretted because they were small. It was like liking things or putting stories up or meeting with Jeff Darlington behind closed doors where there was no video or audio footage or or audio clip of it talking about wanting a trade. Like the worst thing Debo did was ask for a trade potentially behind closed doors. We never even heard it was official, nor did the Niners deny or accept it. So everybody needs to relax on Debo. Debo didn't do anything wrong. Who cares if you think he did it a little bit dramatic? Whatever. He's back. Trey Lance is going to ball. Debo Samuel is going to ball. Ayuk's going to ball. This offense is going to throw the football well. I don't think that Lance needs to be eased into anything or he needs to learn how to read read a defense. Wait until he unlocks everything and, and blows up and has a monster year. Were people that disrespectful of Herbert and Burrow and all these other sophomore breakout quarterbacks, uh, Patrick Mahomes? Uh, no, everybody gave them uh, the, the opportunity to not have to prove themselves and read defense. Get ready. Get real. Lance is going to drop fire. You know who's upset? No, not Smitty. This guy, Ryan Tannehill. And, you know, in one in one respect, I feel like you shouldn't have to mentor. Like, you shouldn't have to be excited your team didn't tell you they're drafting a quarterback and then you're supposed to, you're asked a question, are you going to mentor him? Like, I understand maybe the, the thinking that's going through Tannehill's mind. But this guy's set up for disaster. If anybody thinks Ryan Tannehill's going to last the year, you got another thing coming. Look at this drama right here. Ryan Tannehill said he was shocked by the Titans' trade of A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Tannehill wasn't told that they were trading A.J. Brown, or at least maybe they mentioned it could happen, but they never talked to him about it when it was going down. Tannehill didn't know they were drafting a quarterback, apparently. This team doesn't care about him. That's how he feels. And if you think that's going to uh, trickle on into the season and be productive, you got another thing coming. They blew this team up. I told you it was one of the bigger mistakes that a team could make and that they would be the least likely to trade of the four wide receivers because it didn't make sense. But I threw a caveat in there that trading Hill didn't make sense. Trading Russell Wilson didn't make sense. So the Titans would be stupid to do it, but it's possible. And they did it. They traded A.J. Brown. They did it. They did the stupid move, got rid of a player that made them a, you know, in their mind, a contender. Maybe they're being honest with themselves and saying, look, we did it last year. We probably can't do it again. But now they definitely can't do it again. Now they definitely can't do it again. They're done. The Titans are rebuilding. That's that. Malik Willis is the future in Tennessee. And Malik Willis is going to make so many teams like Seattle and the Pittsburgh Steelers, sorry that they passed on him multiple times when he could have come in and been your commander, your signal caller, your your commander-in-chief under center. Why the, the Steelers picked Pickett 
over Malik Willis is beyond me. Malik Willis is tailor-made for that Steelers offense, and he would have been phenomenal for Najee Harris. I would have been so high on Najee right now. Um, not that I'm not. I'm still high on him. Pickett still could prove me wrong, but Malik Willis was a great uh, selection, and, and I think Tannehill is in trouble. Tannehill said, quote, when I first found out, I'm like, this isn't real. Is this happening? It's a rumor, Tannehill said. And then I I talked to AJ and found out it was real. I slept terrible uh, that night. Kept thinking about it. It was a bad dream. Sorry, this is really tiny. I can barely read it. And that's where we're at. So, And that's where we're at, is what the, the phrase he said. And that's where we're at. Tannehill's pissed. And he's not going to last the year. He wouldn't be surprised me if the, he requested a trade. You know, and, and, and out of all the quarterbacks that could get acquired, he's better than probably, he's definitely better than Jimmy G. Um, I probably like Baker better than him, but I think teams will. I think teams will say, there's a, here's a quarterback. Here's an available quarterback. Uh, you know, Carolina Panthers might might make a trade for Tannehill. Wouldn't be surprised if Tannehill was on the move. The Titans in full rebuild mode. Derrick Henry's going to have probably a very disappointing season at the end of the day. Maybe he starts out the gate on fire. I don't know. I'd have to hear that the plate was removed from his foot. I'd have to hear and see that he's doing really well and looks very fast and efficient. Not just working out and lifting weights. I mean, like, he looks quick on the field. Hasn't lost a step. I firmly believe that even if Henry starts off great, you could draft him at the per-usual spot of, of four to, to eight if you want, if you want to take that risk. And yes, I, I I think it's a risk. But do you trade him by what week? Week six? Week five? I'd trade him after one month. I don't think I could trust him to last even two months, even eight games, given how much workload this man's been 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 funneled in the last three years. We're talking about a massive amount of work Work that I said would break him, and it did. Last year, he broke. You come off a 2,000-yard season, you almost always break, and you produce at least half as, as little production, and some will say, well, still, half is great. No, it's not. Half's not great, because that means he got hurt, and he did. He did. So people say, now, if, if, if Henry still produces half of what he did, Smitty, I'm going to love it. No, you aren't, because if he produces half, he is injured. And he got hurt. I believe he still has the plate in his foot. He's lost a step. If you remember Derrick Henry's early part of the year, uh, his career, he struggled to beat out, to beat out Deion Lewis and DeMarco Murray because he couldn't get that quick step going. He's too big. And he figured it out. Kudos to him. He was the king for a, for a nice little reign. But if he loses the step, with the plate in his foot and the mileage together is red flag galore. There's multiple red flags here. Not one. Injury, mileage, uh, his size. You slow down. You're bigger dude. It's not a good thing. He's built different. He's built different. It's not a good thing to be built different. When you're that big, you slow down. When you lose a step, you fall off the face of the earth. You don't just have a slowed down career. 
you're that big and you lose a step, you fall off the face of the earth. You become irrelevant immediately. As soon as he loses that step and can't get through the hole, he can't get that momentum going that makes him hard to tackle. There's a reason that Derrick Henry would have 30 yards in the first half of a lot of games last year. 30, 40 yards, nothing. Like, what's going on with Derrick Henry? End of the game, 125 and two scores. 150 and two scores. That's because he'd wear defenses down. He'd eventually figure out how to hit the hole and get through that hole when defenses would get tired and then nobody wants to tackle him. Takes more, probably lower body shots than, than most running backs because he is hard to tackle from, from the waist up. Derrick Henry is a disaster of a first round pick in 2022. In my opinion, I could be wrong. I could be a year early. Know that. I could be. I could be a year early. But you you carry the football over 400 times the year leading into this season. 400 plus carries. There is, I saw it in the comments, there's a 371 carry curse, it's called. The 371 carry curse. Now, running backs have breached it and had good years after. It's been rare, but the number did get crossed. And But it was a, a carry total. 371 carries. When you reached that carry total, you broke. You just broke. It wasn't like you had a bad year. You broke. Your career was over. 371 carries in one year, your career is done. It was just a, it was called the 371 carry curse. Derrick Henry got over 400 carries if you include the playoffs on his 2,000 yard season, walked into to last season, and broke. Uh. I'm a year early. Well, it happened last year, Taco, so we'll see. Trust your gut. Draft Henry if you want to. Um, it wouldn't be insane if I was a year early, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Zeke Elliott is toast for sure. He could have like a two, three, four, five game run of doing well and then just completely get hurt. He can't, he won't be able to stay healthy. The problem is this. When you're Derrick Henry or you're Zeke Elliott and you've had this massive workload. Now, granted, Zeke Elliott is around 1,000 total touches I believe uh, so it's great like Ze- there's nobody that has the touch totals that Zeke Elliott has and some people will point to that and try and paint a picture like well Henry will be okay because look at Zeke you got to understand what time it is and what time it what what time the time is that, that Henry had his consolidated massive amount of carries consolidated in a short window of time that's overwhelming and, and, and a player is not capable, their body's not capable of absorbing all of the work that this man carried. It's like it's like condensing energy into this ball and it's about to explode. Like, you can't expect a man to do what Henry did. The amount of work he had in a, a small three, four year window was astronomically unheard of and astronomically high. It was different than Zeke Elliott's long abuse of a thousand total touches both of them aren't gonna last Zeke Elliott and Henry will just break they'll just break if they do well and they're getting overfed they're gonna break if they don't get overfed they're not gonna do anything like Derrick Henry's not Derrick Henry if he's not getting 25 26 27 28 carries a game if he gets 27 carries a game and stays healthy he will produce Derrick Henry numbers if Derrick Henry doesn't get 25, 26, 27 carries every single game, he won't produce Derrick Henry numbers. That's why he had 30 yards in an entire half last year over and over and over again. If you dial him back to 15 carries, Derrick Henry's not doing what Derrick Henry does. He needs 27, 28, 
in those huge carry games to do Derrick Henry things. He's not going to be worth it in 2022. Stay clear. Um, I think we are all caught up on the text line. Oh, no, we got uh, Thrive. Smitty, what do you think about uh, Gibby now that they brought in that rookie running back? I just heard uh, Ron Rivera say that he thinks that they got a good one-two punch now with this Robinson kid. You think Gibby's done? So we already touched on that. Great question. Gibby is done in my mind. I mean, not done. He's still going to excite some people for a minute and then disappoint, disappoint, disappoint. Excite some people. Get out. Get out on Gibson. Trade across position, like I said earlier. Go get DK Metcalf straight up or give a second rounder if you've got to. Go get Waddle straight up. Give a second rounder if you've got to. Give Gibby with your quarterback to upgrade into Herbert, Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, even if your quarterback's solid. Like, do something like that. Use the value and get rid of Gibby while you can. Um, I don't know that you're going to trade him for another running back. You're just going to have to eat the fact that you're going after a wide receiver in another doubted position. Uh, Okay, Silver, you said you sent another one. Okay, here we go. Silver Rapture. Silver Rapture is here for yet another comment. Silver Rapture. I'm in there, big dog. You know I'm in there. Just two big dogs standing side by side. That's a Rottweiler and a pit bull. Hey, bro. It's Silver. I'm telling your grandma, and I'm telling everybody in there that I was fucking drunk as fuck in the midnight. Okay, okay. Silver, Silver, we're trying to monetize here. You can't drop the bombs, bro. Watch that bomb, Silver. Come on now. Okay, uh, where were we at? Where were we at? Phone lines. Let's open the phone lines to a couple calls, and then uh, and then we'll get on out of here. So, drop. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Dial in to the show. Let's roll. Let's roll. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. Punch it, Silver. That's right, Silver. That sounds like the calls I get, BFH. What do you do? Are you, do, you, do you accept uh, calls all day long? That's right, Silver. Silver, Silver didn't realize he was swearing. <laughs> it just comes out naturally. Okay, dial it up. Here we go. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Hey, Smitty. How's it going? Good. What's Patrick? up, pal? Uh, when I ask you about Brian Robinson, I feel like his ceiling is Gus Edwards. Um, he did absolutely nothing until he was a fifth-year senior. What am I missing? Help me out with this. You said Who is this? Patrick? Yep. Oh, Patrick, glad you called, pal. Um, Robinson. I mean, he was a decent prospect, but here's the problem. Like, I didn't even have him in my top four. You know, he's right around five, six, seven, kind of dependent, uh, landing uh, spot dependent, right? Um, right. But, but I, I think, like, 
the fact that he landed in a in a situation that is cloudied up by McKissick and Gibson already, it's it's just hard to buy into him. Like, but but is he the one? Like, if you ask me, hey Smitty, who's the one running back you'd have out of all these guys? It probably would be Brian Robinson because I think he'll. I don't think he'll go high. I think in in redraft he'll probably go very late because people will just be like, yeah, I, I like him in the in the same area you're grabbing Alexander Madison. Uh, maybe the same area you're grabbing, uh, like, uh, I don't know, backup running backs like that, that could have potential like Mostert or Edmonds and you grab Brian Robinson. There's upside there. I like that. You're not risking much grabbing him in a place where he's your running back three or four, you know, or especially running back four. But like, is there an opportunity where if Gibson got hurt, would he come in and be the guy? Yeah, I think he could be. But if Gibson stays on the field all year, I just don't see the consistency out of Brian Robinson. But yeah, he's maybe the best value out of all those backs because I certainly don't want Gibby in the second or third round. You know, I'd rather have Robinson in, in Alexander Madison territory. Sure. All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your perspective on that. You 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 uh, like him for what you're doing. Thanks for keeping us updated. Appreciate you. You like him more. You like him more than that, right? Tell tell me real quickly in like one or two sentences, fast. Why you like Ro- Brian Robinson? Oh, I I honestly do not like Brian Robinson. Oh, I mean, he, he sat on the bench until he was a fifth year senior. I was shocked to see him go in the third round. Personally, I mean, it's it's not very hard for a a running back at Alabama to have a lot of production. Um, I'm, so I just don't see it, man. I think best case scenario, just lucky to get a Gus Edwards. That's it. So when you say "what am I missing," what do you mean, though? Because it's not like he's got a big role or anything. Well, I, I own Gibson, and it seems like everyone's freaking out about these oh. comments, and I just, I just don't understand. I'm just like, this is Brian Robinson we're talking about. This guy did nothing at you're, all until his fifth year. You're a Gibson owner. I, I just, I don't understand why everyone's jumping ship on Gibson. I just don't get it. That's that's where it's coming from. Okay, now, hey, trust your gut on Gibson. I'm not trying to like rip on that point or anything, but like that's where this is coming from. I get it. I get it. You're panicking on the fact that um, everyone else is panicking on Gibson. Like it's bothering you. Like you, I, I get it. I get it. But but here's the thing, man. What did Gibson do to you last year? Did, did you own him last year? He grinded out a top twelve season at the running back position, man. He played injured, and he still finished at the RB one. Did he finish? What was his finish? Look look up in one of your leagues. Look up where he finished. I'm going to look it up right now in the league. All I'm, right. Let I'm me looking. pull that up. Let's pull, pull this up. It's side by side. I'm pulling it up. Go. Race. Uh, 2021 stats. Running backs. Let's see. Gibson. Mine's not even playing up. In full PPR, Gibson was running back 12. Mine's not playing pulling up. with a fractured sin. My, mine's not pulling up. I'll have to trust you on that. Um, yeah, I got sleeper up now. This is full PPR, which he probably did I'll, better in half PPR. I'll be honest. That, it surprises 12. me. I'll be honest. That surprises me that he was 12. 
But, yeah, and it, and it was a down season. You know, he played through injury. It, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't his his best look, but he still grinded out that RB one status. So I, I just think it's a mistake to jump ship because of Brian Robinson. But that's just me. I don't know, bro. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm I'm shocked at that number twelve overall in PPR. I thought it would have been in the the late teens, the very earliest. But I, I still think it doesn't change my opinion that Gibby was an absolute train wreck to own last year. Train wreck. And I get it. Maybe his shin's okay this year. Maybe not, though. We haven't really heard, like, oh, everything's completely healed on the shin. I just feel like with McKissick staying, with Jarrett uh, Jarrett Patterson there, and with Brian Robinson now, sure. Like, bro, he's sure to get some early down work. I don't know how much. And he, he's most certainly going to be toyed around with at the goal line. I just feel like it, it, it feels like impossible for him to earn second round value. I respect that. I just feel like Brian Robinson is strictly replacing Jarrett Patterson. I think that they saw Gibson playing through injury last season. They did not feel comfortable at all putting Patterson out there. They're going to feel much better having a guy that at least did something um, in the SEC. So I just look at it as securing a solid backup for when he's needed. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't see any reason to just jump ship off of Gibson. But that's just me. All right, man. Um, I, I mean, definitely good, good argument. I think it was a good debate. I don't think I, I don't think this is one of those things where like. I walk away completely feeling like you didn't make good points, but I still feel like if there was one player I could name last year that I I completely, just like Jack on screen here says, he regretted every single week until he traded him was Gibby. And I think coming off of a disappointing year, getting, I mean, he got, he scored 12th, but he was so inconsistent. I feel like there were a lot of games I lost in games where I owned Gibson. Um, I just, I just can't go through that again with a, a decent name running back being drafted. I just feel like it's a disaster waiting to happen. Not to mention, Gibson has no track record from college, bro. He caught like 30-something balls in college. He rushed the ball about 30-something yeah. times. He has no resume from that's, college. That's fair. You know what I mean? So, like, you, you walk into the NFL and you already struggle to stay, to stay healthy. You already struggle to become a full-time running back and not, like, worry the hell out of everybody. And then he has literally no track record to prove that he can do it long-term. So I just I think it's smart to, to go across position right now. Because he's a running back, you'll be able to trade him. And I don't, see there, I don't think there's any reason you couldn't go get, like, a DK or a Waddle or someone really, really safe that has similar value that's doubted a little bit, you know, and just, just get out of it. But that's me. Trust your gut. Appreciate your call. Call in any time, man. Good, All right, Smitty. Good, good, good points, care, bro. bro. Good points. Later. All right, let's take uh, let's take one one or two more calls real quick. Dial in. Dial into the show. Do it live. Call into the show. Dial 602-NFL. Do it. Do it. It was a good, good little debate. I'll be honest. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I speaking to? Hey, Smitty. Who is this? This is Ellis. Ellis, what's up? 
Hey, so uh, hey. my question is, is there any player over the last maybe two seasons who hasn't done so well that you're really true three and four? Uh, okay. Doubt of the sleeper. I'm going to put it on screen here. The last couple of years, see, I'm I'm very much like in the get out of players that continue to disappoint. Like I jump ship really quickly on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think Clyde in round seven or eight is a great gamble because everyone's going to okay. hang on to the fact that he's disappointed. He's disappointed, but like that's zero risk territory. Like you can't really go wrong with that. Um, yeah trying to think someone said Allen Robinson that's a pretty good one to throw out I think he's going to be in a decent situation uh, so that's a that's a real good one at wide receiver uh, looking down some rankings real quick let me let me pull up some uh, some redraft rankings on my sleeperu.com site don't know about it learn about it uh, no Barkley no Cam you think uh no Fournette. You think Kirk might fall into that category? Um Christian Kirk, mm, he's all right. Yeah. He's all right. JK no, not with a torn okay. ACL. Uh Man. I don't know that I see any running back. Like Miles Sanders is interesting only because he's practically free. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I don't I don't see a lot of running backs, man. That, that you know, unless you're talking about like, the big names like McCaffrey, do I take a gamble on McCaffrey in one league at like ten or eleven or twelve? Sure. Um, let, me, let me go down the wide receivers. I feel like uh, McLaurin's always one that I want to believe in, but his situation is always garbage. I think uh, yeah, you know, Judy has been doubted by many people and I think his situations, you know, obviously changed. So people are going to be excited, but I still think there's a tremendous amount of doubt around Judy. So I kind of like Judy. I'm not going near Mike mm-hmm. Thomas unless it's really late. Devonte Smith. I know it was only one year, but people are going to be really, really far away from Devonte. And I think he could have a pretty darn good year. So I think, I think there's no reason he can't take a huge next step forward. Uh, even with AJ Brown in town. Especially with AJ Brown always struggling with knee injuries and such. Um, Darren Waller bounce back year. Um, Russell Wilson, not that he is that doubted, but he could be a top four or five quarterback. So I'd say those are some of the names co- coming to mind. <laughs> Anything else, okay. pal? Yeah. Well, uh, no, no, that was it. I appreciate it. Yeah, dial in anytime, man. All right, man. Take Later. care. All right, let's do one more. One more phone call. Call into the show. Dial 602 in Higgins will be slept on. That's a, that's a good one. I think Higgins could definitely be slept on. Sure. I like Higgins. He's not a bad, a bad option. Uh, Russell Gage in Tampa, I suppose. And Joku. And Joku, I'm going to say, meh. Uh, how do I grab this? And Joku, I'm going to say, meh. Pollard isn't a workhorse, says Silver. Well, you just wait, Silver Rapture. 
you just wait. Pollard's going to be a workhorse at some point this year for at least a string of games. JT, when coming in as a rookie, was given the best injury risk profile of any running back ever, says Mr. B. Cortland Sutton says Scooby-Doo. Uh, I, I like Sutton a little bit. Nick wants to know better chance of future running back one in late 2022 or 2023. Pollard or Walker? I'd definitely say Walker, but I love Pollard. Pollard's a much later gamble, though. Very much uh, low risk, but but uh, I think Walker's... He, he potentially is top 10, a top 10 running back. Paul, Pollard has to, you know, get a hold of the job, then prove it, then keep it. I like Pollard, but he's a late, late grab. Zach Wilson, a big sleeper, says, Ricky, I agree. I could get on board with that. All right, I'm shutting the phone line down. Appreciate everybody that dialed in. Uh, we have turned it off. Phone line is off. Thank you, guys. For yet another wonderful show. Appreciate the super chats from uh, Jose and who else super chatted? It was it was Jose with the first one. Thank you, Jose. And the second one was from uh, was oh yeah, uh, Bessel. Thanks, Bessel. And don't forget, there are now super thanks on the videos, the existing videos on the channel. So when you watch a replay of a live stream or you watch a replay of any kind of post-production video, there's a super thanks button now. And it's cool because it plays it, I think, for everybody. So if you buy one, it'll play that for everybody. I'm jumping over to Instagram right now to go live on IG. So join me on IG in T minus one minute, I'll be live on Instagram talking with Raj, going over all the news and notes we can think of. Monday through Friday, your boy Smitty will be back here tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, per usual. And your man Smitty replies to every single comment 99% of the time. I might I might not find something if you're replying to a reply to a pl- reply or whatever because it notifies you differently. But every initial comment on the channel, I pretty much 100% almost 100% reply to every comment. So do it. Um, Subscribe if you're new. Hit the thumbs up. Appreciate the super chats. Thank you, uh, Bessel. Thank you, Jose. Thank you, everybody that always donates and drops super chats. Thank you to uh, our high super chatter of the year, Michael K. CPA, who has 199 super chat. Knock him off. I dare one of you. I dare you. 